Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 99. So I have a very special guest for you next week to mark 100 episodes. Make sure you listen out for the announcement. But in the meantime, today, I'm exploring the concept of pacing in museum and gallery programs with a particular focus on the idea of less is more. But before we get started, a quick mention of last week's guest episode with Anne and Bart from the audience engagement team at the Royal Museum of Fine Arts in Antwerp. We were talking about Radio Bart, a groundbreaking and I think unique programme where visitors engage in conversations about art with blind mediators. It's a wonderful program. I've experienced it myself. So do go and listen to episode 98 if you haven't already. And as we approach our 100th episode, if you'd like to support this show and keep it going from strength to strength in the future, you can treat me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire Bown. I'll put a link in the show notes. You can also help this little podcast reach more people by posting about it on your own social media accounts and by sharing, liking and commenting on my social media feeds too. Do recommend The Art Engager to all your friends and thank you for all your support since we started. Let's get on with today's show. So pacing is probably something that you've not thought about that much. You're busy facilitating conversations or discussions with visitors around art and objects. You don't stop to think about pace because, well, it's all about the objects, right? Well, no. Pacing directly influences the visitor's experience. So in that sense, pacing plays a vital role in your museum and gallery programmes. A well-paced programme ensures that your participants stay engaged, attentive and receptive throughout their journey in the museum. By carefully managing the rhythm and flow of our stops, our activities, the information we share, we can create a balance that keeps our participants engaged without overwhelming or exhausting them. So pacing is all about finding that sweet spot where the rhythm and flow of activities, objects and information create a seamless and enriching experience. So by carefully managing our pace, we can allow visitors to absorb knowledge, reflect on what they've learned and engage in meaningful interactions. So today we're going to explore how the principle of less is more can be a guiding light in finding the right balance. So let's begin by unravelling what I mean by less is more. 
So in today's world, it's extremely fast paced. And if we bombard visitors with excessive content, it can overwhelm and dilute the impact we aim to make. So by embracing less is more as a concept by which we design and facilitate our programs, we can create more meaningful and memorable experiences. So in the context of our museum and gallery programs, less is more is a guiding principle and it emphasises the value of simplicity and focus. Less is more suggests that by intentionally selecting a smaller quantity of content, activities or objects, we can create more impactful and meaningful experiences for visitors. So less is more is all about quality over quantity. It's about prioritising the most relevant, the most impactful content, ensuring that each element, each object has a purpose and contributes to the overall goals of our programme. In essence, less is more challenges us. It challenges us to be selective, intentional and thoughtful in our approach to our programmes. It invites us to create experiences that are powerful, focused and ones that leave a lasting impression on our visitors rather than overwhelming them with an abundance of information or objects. So let's talk first about streamlining content. So this is key. We know time is a precious resource on any guided tour or gallery program. And instead of attempting to cover everything, it's really important to focus on the key themes that you wish to convey. So I would suggest first you identify any core themes. Find the red thread that runs through your program. What do you want visitors to take away with them? Having a core theme helps to create a narrative and it's much more cohesive when you have a narrative running through a program. It ensures that your participants can grasp any central ideas. Then you want to select your objects and artworks accordingly. So your artworks and objects fit in with your main themes. And instead of trying to cover everything the whole museum and overwhelming your visitors with a huge range of different objects and artworks that show off the museum to its best, you want to be curating. Choose a carefully curated selection that best represents the theme of your programme. Having a smaller number of high impact objects allows your participants to engage more deeply and it leads to more memorable experiences that go beyond the surface level. So you might also want to do a stop audit as well. So a stop audit is when you work out how many stops you make on a programme. So you count them up, you can do this over a period of time, say all of your programs over a week and you can get an average uh, or you can just do it once or twice and really find out how many stops you make. Then within those stops I want you to think about 
How many objects do you discuss within that one stop? And then I want you to think about how long you spend at each object or artwork. Get a feel for it. This is not about counting the the seconds and the minutes that you spend, but really think about on every tour, on every program, how long do you spend at each object? Where are the places you spend longer? Where do you go for shorter periods? Get a feel for the length of time you're spending with all of the different objects on your program. Now this data, this information will help you to work out what your pace is. And for many of us, it's not something we think about consciously. It's just something we do. It just happens. But having this information, this uh, data from your guided tours and your programs about your pace and how many stops you do will really lead to new awareness. And this awareness will allow you to adjust your pace if necessary. So next, I want you to think about how you would describe your pace to someone who was thinking of participating in one of your programs. How would you describe it? Are you fast and energetic? Do you like to cover a lot of different objects in your tour and keep it very dynamic? Or are you more moderate and balanced? Do you have a steady progression through the galleries or through the exhibition? Or do you lean towards being slow and contemplative? Do you allow visitors to take their time and deeply engage with the artworks or objects? Now, none of these are right or wrong. And quite often we may employ a variety of different paces depending on the audience we're with and the type of programme we're facilitating. You may also naturally lean towards one of these pace styles. But the thing to remember is that the choice of pace should align with the programme's objectives, the audience, the intended audience, and the nature of the content. So it's important to consider the needs and preferences of visitors to create an engaging experience while maintaining a balance that allows for learning, reflection and enjoyment. So now I have seven questions for you to think about in relation to your pace. And by thinking about your responses to these questions, you will have more awareness about how your pace influences engagement on your programs. So the first question, are you allowing enough time for visitors to engage with each artwork? So you want to create a balance on your programs, balance between covering any content you need to cover and allowing enough time for meaningful interaction. You don't have to see everything. As you would in a restaurant, you wouldn't order everything from a menu, but you would select a few dishes to satisfy your needs. And think about applying these same principles to your museum and gallery programs. You don't have to cover everything. And if you try to, you're skimming the surface level at each object and the end result 
will be a lightweight program. The second question. Are you rushing through content or overwhelming visitors with excessive information? Now, if you always feel that there is so much to cover on a tour or program, that there's so much to see, then it's time to reassess. If you feel that way, if you feel that it's too much for you to cover, then it will definitely leave your participants feeling overwhelmed too. Covering too many objects or too much information will leave you and your participants feeling exhausted. Find out where you can kill your darlings. Killing your darlings simply means getting rid of the parts that you really like but are not necessary or helpful for the overall programme. It's about making tough choices to improve the quality of your programme. So if you feel that there is so much to cover, you need to make some tough choices. Less stops or less information delivery. Something has to give. It can feel painful to kill our darlings. That's why they are called darlings. But it's essential. It gives your program the air it needs to breathe. Less is more. Repeat it to yourself. Third question. Are you allowing for questions and discussion during your programs? So here I'm not talking about asking any questions at the end of you talking for five minutes about an object. I'm talking about creating a culture of questioning where you ask questions regularly and you encourage questions from your participants too. You want to allow participants to take an active role in their learning and discovery. Stop thinking about questions as a drain on your time in your program. By scheduling fewer stops, you have time to explore what you are seeing in a deeper way with your participants. Okay, question four. Is your pace varied and dynamic or is it the same throughout? So you want to be creating a diverse and engaging experience by incorporating different paces throughout your program. So as we know, our participants all have varying attention spans and different preferences. And as a facilitator, you can cater to their needs by offering a range of experiences. So a varied and dynamic pace keeps your participants engaged. It offers a mix of rhythms, transitions and levels of interaction. And this prevents monotony. It enhances the whole experience. So think about where you spend your time. You don't want to be spending the same time at every object. You should bear in mind the arc of the programme and pace accordingly. So, for example, if participants are most warmed up in the middle, that's generally when people feel the most comfortable, the most awake, then you could plan for a longer stop in the middle of your programme. Whereas at the end, people are more tired or thinking about what they're going to do next. So this may call for shorter stops, maybe bite-sized stops, or even 
depending on your program, a slower winding down exercise. Be mindful of the beginning, middle and end of your program when considering pace and make sure that you incorporate different paces within your program. Okay, number five. Are you observing the reactions and responses of your participants? How can you adjust your pacing based on their engagement levels? So this is crucial. You want to be observing the reactions and responses of your participants to create a responsive program. By paying attention to their engagement levels and things they're interested in, you can adjust the pacing accordingly. So in episodes 42 and 69, we covered reading a group and body language. Go listen to these episodes. It's about being responsive and flexible in the moment and being able to customise your pacing based on the needs of the group. You can also learn a lot by listening to the group's responses. It can help you to gauge their level of engagement. It can help you Uh, adapt the speed of delivery and you can allocate more time for discussion in response to what you're hearing from them. This customization and flexibility allows you to create a more personalized and tailored experience and it ensures that the pace aligns with their interests. Okay, question six. Are you providing moments for pause, reflection and contemplation? How can we incorporate more of this into our programs? So we've just covered silence and pause quite recently. So I won't say too much about these. Do go and check out episodes 95 and 96. But providing moments for reflection, silence and pause is essential in creating a really holistic and meaningful museum or gallery program. These pauses allow people to absorb any information, process their thoughts and make personal connections. And pauses allow your program to breathe. And question seven. Are you reviewing and reflecting on the pacing of your programs regularly. So this is about improving and refining our approach to better serve our participants. As part of your reflective practice, you can set aside time after your programs or at the end of the day to reflect and review what happened, what went well and what you could work on for next time. And as part of this reflective practice, you really want to think about what your pace was as well. If you want to learn more about developing a reflective practice, go and listen to episode 29. And there'll be lots about this in my book too, coming out in September. But in the meantime, here are five reflective questions to ask yourself. First of all, think about how you felt about the pace in the programme. How did I perceive the pace of the programme as a facilitator and how did it affect my performance? The next question thinks about how the participants might have viewed the pace. So what was the overall experience of the participants regarding 
the pacing? Were they engaged and attentive throughout? The next question, think about how did the pacing allow for natural transitions, pauses and breaks? How did I effectively manage time and prioritise themes without rushing or overwhelming participants? And finally, what adjustments can I make to improve the pacing and better meet participants' needs? So I hope that's helpful. In today's episode, we've explored how pacing plays a crucial role in our programmes, directly influencing the experience. By carefully managing the rhythm and flow of stops, activities and information, we can create a balance that keeps participants engaged without overwhelming them. Less is more becomes a guiding principle, emphasising the value of simplicity and focus. So think about streamlining content and killing your darlings to create a more engaging experience for everyone. Remember, it's not about covering everything, but about creating meaningful connections and allowing participants to actively engage with the content. So the next time you're planning a programme, take a moment to reflect on your pace and strive to find that perfect balance that leaves a lasting impression on everyone. Let's end with a question. Ask yourself... How can you apply the principle of less is more in your own educational programs? And what strategies will you implement to create a more focused and engaged experience for visitors? Remember, small changes can make a big difference. I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas. Let me know how you get on. Thank you for listening today. Go to the show notes to find links for all the episodes I've mentioned. You can also find links there for all of my recent resources, including my free slow art guide, how to look at art slowly, ultimate thinking routine list and more. Thank you for listening today. I'll see you next time for the 100th episode of The Art Engager. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.